Echo. 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 Anything going on either. These birds are still around, but I mean, other than that, nothing big. Nothing big. Nothing going on. They can uh, see now. Like they have eyes. Their eyes are open. So it used to be their eyes was closed. So if I opened or closed the gate on the fence, they'd be like, oh, that's my mom. Chirp, 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 chirp. But now, like, they can see. Like, they look at me and they're like, you're not my mom. And they don't trip anymore. And that happened pretty quick, honestly. I mean, they're not that old. So, so the parents the don't swoop here. at you? Um, not yet. I'm really trying to, like, communicate to this mama bird, like, hey, I'm just here to, like, I'm on your side, lady. Uh, I haven't been able to get that vibe through to her yet. I usually, like, I park, you know, I get up on the weekends, like, 8 a.m., feed the dog. I go out, I park a stool by the nest. Uh, I dig up a bunch of worms. I hold them in my hand like a bowl. And I just kind of sit by the nest and be like, look, I'm I'm here for you. Um, and she's not having it. She's not having it. I don't know if it's because I'm not single or what, but she's got no interest in my help. And, and I, I mean, one I mother bird or two. I don't know. I, I've seen two, but okay. I only see one regularly. Every now and again. Well, people say that up. birds <laughs> from one parent homes typically don't survive yeah and that's why i'm really trying to you know be the joseph here but uh strictly platonically of course i mean this is a bird we're talking about um so that's you know that's pretty much what i've got going on and then it sounds like you know nothing's going on with you either so um well, I mean, this this past weekend, um, there was a um, across the country. There's this walk for ALS, and um, little groups all over the country did this walk. They raised some money. Did and, you do it? Um, I I did. I I, 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 unfor- I unfortunately have um, a family member who has ALS. Not unfortunately, I, I think the listener understands. Yeah, um, I totally need to. Yeah, and it was at his property he has like 12 acres of land oh, wow. um a relative of mine mowed um through a bunch of his field so it was about this mower um it is like a factory farm one so like the ones like where it's like mower. no 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 like oh. the ones where like the wheels are the size of a car oh wow yeah yeah because yeah. i also got a lawnmower recently it's no, really intense. a rider push very intense self-propelled okay yeah basically a broomstick with a blade on the end okay it's very cool i'm very proud of it i was outside doing it the other day we have about 16 feet of grass maybe mm-hmm. and the neighbor came out and said oh hey how are you and i said i'm living my dream and he's like oh yeah it's a good mower so i'm very invested in mowers now 12 acres mowed hosted on his land what's um, the brand <clears throat> oh i'm not gonna plug it here don't get me wrong, I love it, but they didn't. Pay oh me yeah, anything. I got a John Deere over here. I had a Caterpillar, <laughs> yeah. but uh, not American enough, so I stuck with my <laughs> John Deere tractor. It's actually built by Raytheon. Oh no! 
<laughs> so you know once it came off the assembly line they're like right back to the missiles everybody yep all right that's very that's, streamlined that's um enough. how how far was the walk um it was i think the longest was 0. 0.5 mm-hmm. um they made a lot of miscalculations like you shouldn't do a walk in a field that you gre- like you're mowing for the first time is there was like I don't know 13 15 holes that were like for like groundhogs oh, so people kept walking and be like there's a hole coming up oh, gosh. and just you know a lot of hilly terrain so but I, I do uh I, I every year train for a marathon with a training team and there's a bunch of people on the team and we do group runs on the weekends and it's like pretty common practice at a bare minimum that when you're crossing an intersection, you sort of give the thumbs up, thumbs down as to whether there's traffic coming. So, you know, car Mm -hmm. left, car right, car up or whatever. But then there's these other guys and gals that get very invested and they'll like find potholes and stuff. Or like even when the curb is just up a little bit and they'll point at it and they'll go like, hole. And they're like really Mm -hmm. overdoing it, though. I think that's asking a bit much. And I don't do that. I'm just like, look where you're going, you know. I was with a very vocal family friend who shouted for every single one. Wow. Right. And it's like you're you're in like a rough terrain, so I don't know why you wouldn't be looking in front of you anyway, but um it's all about the cause. It's all about yeah, the cause. I mean I got the Charlie Brown syndrome, so I guess I'm just always looking down. I don't know. Oh, I thought it was you you're always like trying to go for something and then there's <laughs> somebody there that just, you know, takes the football away from you. And you yeah, just you. I'm always trying to get Mark Hamill on the podcast, and then you're always <laughs> saying stuff about how he's aged. Well, I mean, you you get a lot of um, leeway through being Sisyphus on this podcast, so mm. um, you know I do my best to be the boulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, they raised oh, more money. They raised more money than they thought. Um, my family members are very pleased with how much how much they raised and how quickly they were able to raise it. So that was yeah. really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, huh. I, you know what? We won't, we won't get in. I, I was about to say we, we could have a conversation about disease and star Wars, but that just seems a the way too depressing. Virus. Did that take out anybody except for the like people that were at the facility? I, I feel like that episode even know of Clone Wars killed some clones, but that was pretty much it. And that's, well, let's. I think that there's a way to talk about that with some tact, which is to say that other than the blue shadow virus, um, I don't know that biological warfare has played that much of a part in Star Wars, which I think is probably good. They are stories for, for kids, but like Star Wars doesn't tend to do a lot with like poisons, right? Or like any kind of, or like poison gas or poison, you know there's like an attack mm-hmm. of the clones they they unleash those centipedes into padme's room and probably you know the implication there is that they're venomous mm-hmm. um but blue shadow virus is really the only kind of like and, and i'm sure there's some like super obvious answer that i'm totally drawing a blank on but blue shadow virus is the only one i can think of and then now i think given the pandemic and stuff it's like even if they were going to think about revisiting something like that, now they're definitely not going to. Yeah, when I think of like the <clears throat> what kind of terrible society changing thing do they show a lot other than the war of Star Wars? It it's typically is up. 
It's planets blowing up <laughs> <laughs> and uh, malnourishment and starvation. Um, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when they show um, the slave arc in Clone Wars, when mm-hmm. they find all of those Togrudas oh, that are yeah, you know yeah, yeah. slaves and basically being starved. Yeah, and then um, even in Solo, when they go to um, Kessel. Um, yeah, that's true. That Wookiee is looking pretty rough. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a it's not like a a big thing. Oh, and then also, you know when we go to um oh my gosh um the, the name escapes me because i just hate that planet so much so much um Harrison doula harrison doula's home planet oh we're a good star wars podcast uh yeah, we're, don't, we're very don't good talk time. don't talk don't even think uh 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 twilight uh twilight planet uh i kept uh, i kept thinking chandula the planet uh, of chandula <laughs> we're a good star wars podcast uh we also like hair a lot it's just everything else that has to do with yeah, it is terrible what is their stupid planet that you hate so much don't email us Twilight planet, Twilight planet. don't look it up peter i literally already did oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah it's pretty obvious don't tell me don't tell me mm-hmm, i'm gonna come mm-hmm, up with mm-hmm. it by the end of the podcast so i'm gonna remember uh, Okay, um, but yeah, that that <clears throat> played a role. They had that standalone episode where there's that um, like random Jedi who is holding the line so that like reinforcements that can get there. Planet, yeah, Master mm-hmm. Die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Master dies on that guy. Yeah. Um, interesting. So I don't know if you can tell from how I sound, but I came close to a uh, a first in Poe Boys podcast history, which was, and I don't remember when we talked about recording this episode, but. I almost was texting you and said, "Oh, I can't. We can't talk. I sound bad. I sound terrible mm-hmm. <laughs> because I've been coming back from a cough." And probably was like, "Well, it sucked being sick, but it'll be great to not have to record the podcast today." <laughs> <laughs> You're the one that pushed recording today too, because I gave I you know. a life update, and then I you know. called me as if you. I thought you cared about that. And I'm like, huh, that's really weird. Uh-huh. Josh, is, Josh is calling me about this specific, and not to, not to say that, you know, we don't, we don't we're, talk outside the pod. Right. Um, well, but we're going like, to have a, we're going to have a off mic conversation. Yeah. That, I, that will, that will, we'll talk. But uh-huh. I was, I was going, I was, my intention genuinely, uh, my phone, a while ago, I got a case for my phone. This was like several phones ago where the thing where you trigger turning the phone on silent or not was covered by the case and you had to open the flap to turn oh, the phone that's, on that's silent. Annoying. And that was too much work for me. So I just left my phone on silent. And so my phone is always on silent. I never, I never have the ringer on or whatever. Uh, and so I was just kicking it. And my intention genuinely was I'm going to catch Pete off guard and this energy will be good for the pod. And I was going Mm -hmm. to just text you out of nowhere, the invite to the session. I wasn't going to do any, (laughs) I wasn't going to do any prep. I was just going to text you like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And text you the invite and see if you logged on or not. And then I'd look at my phone and you had texted me. So sucks to be you, I guess, but. What the hell is that Twilight Planet? It's killing me. Ryloth! Yep, Ryloth. Ryloth. How could I forget every episode in that stupid arc? Liberation of Ryloth. Innocence of Ryloth. Ryloth. Wow. Ryloth. I knew if I talked about 
dumb crap for long enough, it would come to me. It's the crazy thing too is if you take Ryleth out of it, each plot line of that, like the Mace Windu working with a rebel leader, Obi Wan, um, you know, finding saving little Numa, saving saving a little girl, and then Numa completing the mission, Numa. Um, and then I think that that is when Ahsoka gets her first. Uh, Ahsoka gets her first um, fighter storm, squad. Storm over Ryloth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But, but like, you know, that's, you know, a cool episode like of her having to take command and stuff like that. So all yeah. of those things in theory are good and some people could say we're good in practice, but because they were on Ryloth, I just was like, really? Ryloth? When did you... Because here's something I was thinking about recently is... Um, I don't know, just like small details in fiction and how they can really set certain people's imagination on fire or if you're like an idiot like me as a kid, it's just white noise. Mm-hmm. And after I started watching The Clone Wars, I went back and watched A New Hope and there's that line where Luke says, you follow my father in The Clone Wars? And I genuinely was like, did they add that in for the show? And it never, I mean, I've watched that movie all my life, and it ne- I never picked up that there was a line where he's like, Oh, really? Wars. Okay. Never once. And that was just because I just, I don't know, I didn't have that kind of, I didn't, I didn't interact with fiction in that way. So the, the extended universe and all that stuff, that meant nothing to me. Like a Twilight, that meant nothing to me. I had no idea what that was or what, you know. So, and then, you know, as I, my fandom, developed in my my relationship with star wars developed i was like oh yeah twilight clone wars blah 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 at what point in your life did you decide that you hated twilight so much um it was definitely what did it oh it was just the repetition of it and i i find that i find the planet to be awful like it's like a dare it's like an arid kind of planet it has no resources it like it's got that kind of low fall vibe it it has this like mm -hmm. not interesting to look at um even lothal is more interesting because they got loath cats and loath wolf like those things and loath bats of course yeah spoilers we never Um, talk about loath rats but maybe they'll do then bad batch yeah it's just like it's there's so many planets and I mean, it was definitely a th- Clone Wars. Really, it's such a buffet of Star Wars content because it's mm-hmm. like here are twenty Jedi. We're gonna cover, you know, one hits an episode, and then that's pretty much it. And you don't yeah. really know that, but like you, you come thinking like, oh, well, if we're spending this much time here, you know, where <clears throat> else could we? Where else could we be? Right, like um, going to. Um, the episode where it's Kit Fisto and his apprentice and they go to Grievous's castle, you know, like that, that was a very cool episode. Um, Layer of Grievous, all time favorite. And I could talk about that episode for a while. And it's okay. I'm done. (laughs) All right. It's yeah, it's just that it's like, you know, having the choice between different planets and kind of where they want to focus. And it's not just Clone Wars. It's like, literally, there's somebody on that story group that's like, we haven't been to Ryloth in a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
like even even and this is spoilers for the rise of skywalker book there's two rise of skywalker books. oh yeah so there's two rise of skywalker books there's one that explains like immediately after episode eight what happens and if Spoiler alert, they like so go to not Ryloth. The, not the Rise of Skywalker novelization. The, no, 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 no. Okay. This is like they're like, mm. oh, um, it, it also skips like two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like, where should we go? And it's like, Ryloth, that's a cool place to go. And then it's internal politics of Ryloth. Yeah. It's like here's, here's um, I'm gonna get in trouble, I guess, for for this is just me thinking out loud. Okay, right? It seems like what you're reacting to is like an overindulgence in Ryloth and overindulgence in Twi'lex or Twi'lex or however you want to pronounce that, right? And this, like, they're they're so ever-present where there's like, there's so many planets and so many alien species you can, you can display, but Twi'lex pop up a lot. And I can't, here is, again, this is just me talking off the hip here. I don't mean any harm. But I can't help but wonder if that that affinity amongst the fandom right is is does that does that there's a question i'm asking then don't get mad at me does that maybe stem from the fact that in the original trilogy when there were only three star wars movies there's literally so few examples of female characters that you you get down to the Twilight Dancer in Jabba's Palace because it's what? Amperu, Princess Leia, obviously, but Amperu, Mon Mothma. And then where are you from there? You're you're at the Twilight Dancer in Jabba's Palace. Well, like there's and... just so few examples of females. Yeah. And the fact that that was one of them, maybe I'm I'm curious, I'm curious if that played a role in in that alien species having taking on such a hold in fandom where like Rodians or whatever, you know, you don't see them everywhere. Even though you also they're don't also, see, but... you don't <clears throat> see us go to Chandrilla, which is where Mon Mothma's from. Um, yeah. That is like the head of the new Republic at the beginning. And I feel like there's an episode of clone wars when they deal with all the separatist senators where they may be going to Chandrilla. Chandrilla? No, uh, Lox Terry's mom. Oh, gross. It, it, it might have been like a neutral place because they definitely go to wherever um, Lox Bonteri's from. Crazy that Lux Bonteri showed up in this week's episode. I was like, I, I, I was hoping for Corky to show up, Duchess Satine's little nephew. But I would easily take Lux. They have Bonteri. to save that. No, they have to save so that content for Mandalorian up, season three. That's true. That's true. I have it on good authority that. Baby Yoda is going to be replaced by Corky. There's going to be a fight between Corky, Omega, who was confirmed to be a Jedi this episode, and (laughs) and Lil Yanni. You know what? I don't even know why we talk about any of this. I totally forgot that I had to go in after your little butt and change the episode description because you're a freaking psycho throwing huge spoilers into our episode descriptions of our podcast in all caps. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, you out of your mind? Yeah, that was. My name is on that podcast too, Pete. Yeah. Okay. So that's the part you changed. That's fine. All right. Yeah. I'm. I'm sorry for that. I changed it a lot. 
I'll have to take a look because I distinctly remember the first sentence I wrote. <laughs> I only changed the spoiler part. Okay. You did a lot about me having a breakdown about birds, which is fine. And then you were like, oh, cat, spoiler alert, cat pain, cat pain. Like, um, I don't know. I mean, I feel at this point for that, um, it was the main page of StarWars.com. But no, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, I get it. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, you're more online than me. No, they, they've been doing this thing on like Wednesdays, I think, where they share some big part of the previous episode of Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. So they showed like Toto. There was a there was literally like an infographic for Cad Bane. And then an infographic for Toto, who is apparently still Toto 360. Per the per the credits at the end of the episode, I have a distinct memory of a bomb going into Toto and him exploding. But but he also shows a lack of care for Toto. So like right, that could easily be version you know however many. He just That's doesn't true. think to change it because he doesn't care about that mm. droid's well being at any point. And at one point he gets very mad at Toto for something he does that this episode. Yeah, I guess we should maybe get into it because speaking of Toto being like, where's the continuity with Toto? Mm -hmm. um, I had mentioned in last week's episode that at Star Celebration Orlando, there was a panel, I think, with Dave Filoni and Pablo Hidalgo where they kind of went through some Clone Wars animatics for episodes that were never finished. And one of them involved Cad Bane and his perhaps purported fate. And I had mentioned last week that it seemed to me like if they wanted to, they could fold that into this and those events could wind up taking place in the context of this story. But uh, I think as, as viewers who are familiar with Cad Bane, it might have jumped out to them. They really make a point of him taking off his hat and he's got like a plate on his head. Oh, I didn't notice see that. that? Yeah, it's I didn't pretty, notice that. It's pretty. I guess if you're looking, it jumped out to me as strange. And I didn't make the connection that maybe it tied back to this animatic or whatever. But then I was like, oh. And so it, se it seems like, um, I don't know, maybe I was half right. But I definitely, I, I don't remember what, what interview was a part of. But a while ago, maybe it's probably in like a Rebels um, whatever the show Andy Gutierrez used to do after every week of Rebels that I loved so much and that they never did again with any of the other shows. Uh, I think Dave Filoni talked about like there are unfinished stories in Clone Wars that they wrote or that they did the you know the voice recordings for, but were never aired as episodes. And he always said that whenever he was writing stuff that took place after those stories would have occurred, he still treated those events as having happened. Uh, well, he also did that, that with time, referring to mm -hmm. the Battle of Mandalore. Right. Yeah, I was about to. I was about to say yeah. that. And uh, I also, I, I was thinking it's I, I. My first two names for that Andy Gutierrez show was Rebels Recast and Rebels Rundown. And, oh, it was Rebels Recap. Right? Um, Rebels Recap. Yeah, I think. Right. Yeah, it was not Rebels Declassified. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um. So I. I don't know. I guess. I, I feel like it's probably not going to happen then. I feel like the him him showing his little thing is their nod. 
yep, I'm watching it right now. He he turns up his cap and he's he's got like a gold little metal plate on his head. Yep, yep, yep. He got that's plate cool. On his head. Yeah. And so the event, I guess, I don't feel as I didn't want to talk about it too much last week in case, and I didn't. I don't. I'm not Nostra Thomas. I don't know. But in the back of my head, I was like, maybe this would happen though. And if I were, I don't want to talk about it, if it might happen. But it seems well, like they're saying it already happened, right? And so I would just say fast forward two minutes if you don't aren't interested in, in hearing this but so and now animatics it was an arc they were going to do in clone wars where cad Bane had taken boba fett under his thumb and the episode wound up culminating in a gunslinger duel between boba fett and cad bane and it was the two of them standing off a lot like hunter and cad bane standing off last week and um they don't show the aftermath of it in the in the animatic that they showed, but it was the two of them and Boba Fett in his classic Boba Fett armor, minus the dent in the forehead, right? And the two of them draw, and all this shows was Boba Fett's helmet flying off with a brand new dent in it, where Cad Bane shot him in the head. Um, but obviously, we know Boba Fett is alive, so the implication was kind of sort of that, oh, Boba Fett kills Cad Bane in this standoff. And... Now we see him showing up with this weird metal plate on his head that's new. And so I'm thinking the implication is, yeah, that happened already. And that's such so, a bummer. Because my exactly because they make a point of referencing Boba Fett in this episode. And my thought was perhaps that Boba Fett, I, you know, he doesn't seem like that sentimental a guy, but he could be like, this is my father's bloodline or this is my blood. And, you know, my father died because I don't know for whatever reason that Boba Fett might have an interest in safeguarding Omega, and so that he would get involved, and and him and Cad Bane would be at odds over Omega, and then wind up having that standoff. It would be way too weird <clears throat> with the Fennec Shand edition because of but what we know it? about. Because they seem to have some sort of connection. They seem to have some sort of history, or maybe they don't, and he just shows up in the desert and helps her, but. Yeah, I guess it would add more layers to like just randomly Boba Fett finds Fennec Shand of all people and then is yeah. like, by the way, while I was in the desert, I learned how to do surgery and make yeah. how to put um, a servo motor into a belly. Yeah. Metal metal stomachs. That's like a thing I can do now. Well, I mean, I'm really fair, just... maybe Timothy Oliphant did that for him. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. He had to learn new crafts at, at some point because of old Timmy. Well, um, I was I was gonna say when you um, brought up the idea that you're Nostradamus, I I want to say that you're definitely not because Thanks. we spent probably maybe five minutes talking about the big implications of Omega um, being kidnapped and how long this is gonna go and are they gonna make it to Camino and you know is this gonna be more than a, a singular episode. And uh, everything wraps up in one episode very Which neatly. Is, again, what I'm really loving about this show, like they really, you know, they really don't drag stuff out. I mean, I guess, and this is maybe coming from, I mean, you and I are not old. We're very young people. But I think the era of television, the formative era of television that we maybe came up in, you know, like Lost comes to mind, right? Where it's like, Oh, the hatch. And then it's like, you're going to have to wait like 20 episodes 
to figure out what the hatch is, right? And it's, I feel like we've maybe come up in an era of television where when things happen, they happen slow and they happen for a long time. And status quos, you know, last several episodes and stuff. So I, I, yeah, I love that the show changes it up so so frequently it keeps it it keeps it fresh i really appreciate that about this show and it continued to do that this week because i think plenty of other shows like if it was clone wars i mean like like clone wars with darth maul and stuff that stuff took so long i mean darth maul took seasons and seasons to happen and it would be it would be like, oh, the beginning of one season and then the end of the next season to, to get, or the stuff with Mandalore. I mean, it, you know, they would introduce it and then episodes and episodes and episodes had nothing to do with it. And, you know, and to be fair, that was, you know, Clone Wars was more than an anthology show. It hopped around the galaxy a little more. But I, I really appreciate this show's pace. And this episode, I think, was a perfect example of that. Well, this is the first episode that ends and you're like, Oh, that was the end of a three-episode arc without you even realizing it. Yeah, it was an, it was an it was a it was an arc, and it also like in in my mind, um, they're really. I mean, this was the mid-season finale, or I guess mid-season the last episode premiere, right? Or because I think the last episode was sort of halfway point. Um, with the yeah, because this was episode this was episode nine. Yeah. Um. But with that being said, um, it like it 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 cleaned everything up. So we're just at square one of new stories. I mean, we have Crosshair, who's like I don't know, gonna be some cyborg freak um, that we see <laughs> really just dis- really disgruntled because he got fired on by an engine when he tried to like burn his friends alive, and they're somehow gonna forgive him at the end of the season, which will be infuriating. Um, and then there's this like storyline of Fennec Sand, Fennec Shand, and I'm blanking on the Kaminoan. That's like, I'm really... not trying to be like offensive or whatever, but all of their names sound the same to me. Um, Lama Sue. Yep. Okay. There's Lama Sue Nala C. Uh huh. Um, the guy and the Prime Minister. Yeah. So Lama Sue is the one that Borovio. is sorry I'm, I'm looking i'm watching with subtitles right now i wanted to get it i wanted to figure out what the planet they went to was um yeah oh me... oh, 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 oh. bore of you bora That's... it's two words b-o-r-a bora v-o v-i-o interesting i let's talk about that planet because let's... i got i got like cloud city Destin vibes from vibes, it right and i um... want to talk about that because and because it's you know oh Borovio. And they just kind of throw it away, and I didn't recognize it, so I didn't clock it, right? But then they show up at that planet, in the back of my head, I'm like, wait, did they say Bespin? Are they on Bespin? Because mm-hmm. I will sing the praises of author J.W. Rinsler's making of Star Wars books uh, as, as loudly as I can. And in his making of Empire Strikes Back book, they mm-hmm. talk about thinking during like pre-production and during drafts and writing, there was a conversations about Lando, you know, Baron Administrator of, of Cloud City on Bespin, of Lando being the clone. Oh. 
and that Lando was a clone and it was the clone of the Clone Wars. Now, I, I mean, and I don't, you know, I just know this from the book. So who knows how seriously those conversations it's went? A terrible idea. Well, who knows? I mean, if it had been in the Empire Strikes Back, you know, we'd have just grown up knowing that. Um, mm-hmm. But so, and then so to show up at a planet that looks so much like Bespin in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, interesting. You know, I'm wondering if they're if they're tying stuff together there, and this is like a pre-Lando taking over Bespin, but it's Boravio. But yeah, I mean, definitive Cloud City vibes. Like, and I'm curious, like, maybe that's just like, oh, this is the sort of technology you use when you're on a, like a gaseous planet like this. Or, but well, it, it looked like, and they they took some detail to do it. It was a Kaminoan facility that happened to be oh, that's on. That's a good point. That happened to be on this like desert kind of Bespin like planet. Um, that's part of me a good my, point. Because the Part Camino of me, yeah. looks like Cloud City, kind of, just in an ocean. True. Which true. I guess, in and of itself, is perhaps a little bit of a callback to the initial idea of Land of Ling and Clone. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Part of me in my own head canon is like, this is Bespin, and Lando finds it after it's been abandoned. Mm-hmm. And then somebody asks him, what the, is the name of the planet? And then he. Like thinks to himself, I gotta spin it. Gotta spin this. You gotta spin <laughs> what the name of this planet is. Bespin. Welcome to Bespin. Bespin. Cloud zone. City. I just like to think Borovio is the name of that building. Mm-hmm. And that building, Borovio. What a cool building. Like it's like a hotel, Borovio. And everybody just knows where it is. It's like if I say, like, you know, the Capitol building or well, whatever. And it wasn't a clone facility, though. Well, it was. Because we see the when when we're just jumping all over the place. Um, when Amiga gets to that cloning part, um, she knocks, you know, uh, she knocks it, or maybe Fennec knocks something that opens up one of the tubes, mm. and a Kaminoan falls out. That was intense. I did not. Yeah, guess. that was. I don't know. That was kind was, of a lot for a kid show. Yeah, for sure. So for, in my in my own like headcanon like that's them trying to you know pa- i don't really know i don't really know the history of the kaminoans or anything like for all i know they are all clones mm-hmm. um but i didn't immediately think that that was a clone wars cloning facility well apparently it wasn't though because it had kaminoan clones not you know jingo mm-hmm. fett clones and they said it was abandoned i guess i should I, I you know should pay more attention to these subtitles i have on but yeah, and then so I mean, continuing I guess on on riffing on that planet, um, I think if you've if you've followed Star Wars animation for a while now, there's always this kind of weird push and pull that I think is happening behind the scenes with how far the technology can go, and then also the budget they're afforded. Like I think we've talked about in the past, like the the at the time the original last season of Clone Wars season five. Um, the animation was incredible and they'd made Insane. so many leaps. Right. And then the first season of rebels, obviously the animation is still very good, but it, it was very, it seems pretty clear that just they were, their budget was maybe cut. Oh, it was clear cut. It was. Yeah. And they were on low fall all the time. And low fall was very bare bones. And obviously the animation was great and the storage was great, but it was a little sparser. Or, you know, a little more, uh, uh, you know, minimalist or something. It didn't, it didn't, um, 
And so there was, yeah, I think you and I have talked about in the past, and maybe there was even an interview where they set it up flat out. I don't remember. But I thought this episode was kind of a cool middle ground where this planet is is very sparse. It's not like overrun with detail and stuff. But what was there and the clouds and the lighting and stuff was incredible. I mean, this they're really knocking it out of the park with the animation on this show. And this episode looked great in that setting and the various lighting they got out of it and the silhouettes and the smoke. And I mean, it looked incredible and it wasn't like overwhelming. Like you think of clone wars. I feel like one of the most iconic shots in clone wars is Obi-Wan on Mandalore and the, those double doors open and he's in Mandalorian armor and he's standing there with his lightsabers and the double doors open. And it's just like Mandalorians fighting each other. Mm-hmm. And that's like, oh, look at look at how far we've come. And it's very impressive. But it's like, that's a lot. That's a lot going on. And this was nothing like that. But it still was like extremely visually captivating. They do such a great job, too, of aging everything. So because mm-hmm. they have a very specific job of it's not more technologically advanced than New Hope, not more advanced than, you know, episode seven eight and nine and you have to date it back to it's an old facility mm-hmm. um the one thing that was popping into my head and i'm curious i'm sure a better star wars podcast have, has already pointed stuff out like that well, they don't exist so <laughs> well they they don't exist dead or alive there, yeah. there might be an in-between yeah that... there might be one in limbo but yeah it's i have realized how many escape pods in Star Wars there have been because you have yep. the escape pod from New Hope you have the escape pod that Yoda gets in you have the escape pod that, that like Asajj and Obi-Wan get in when they're escaping from Darth Maul um, in that one arc you have the escape pod that Cal Kestis gets in from Fallen Order <laughs> um, you just have you have you have a wide variety of them you have thousands Thousands of hours of content over decades, and there are four escape pods, so they're they're rampant. Um, I'm sure there are more. There past are that. for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, that's that's the quality content that we get on. So speaking of well, ships, let's talk about Cad Bane's ship and how well, real, insane real that quick, is. Though, let's touch base on the best escape pod moment in Star Wars, which is. I think the fifth episode of Clone Wars, maybe. No, that's Rookies. So it was like this it might be the second. I don't know. But there's this early episode of Clone Wars where it's clones that go out in escape pods after like a start their Star Story is blown up or whatever. And they have these droids that are just going from pod to pod, just yeah, yeah, the yeah. horrifying. <laughs> so um, yeah, I can't believe I missed that one. That those were that was a big escape pod too. The one Omega had was very small and yeah. very bad. <laughs> yeah, it was not working. I thought we would get to see what the ground of a cloud planet looked like there, but no such luck. Yeah, fortunately for Omega. Yeah, but you were saying. Um, oh, just how cool the Cad Bane ship is. Yeah, it it uh, it certainly stuck out to me. It it looks like there's some sort of um movement that occurs between when it's landing and when it's flying i don't i don't quite something moves something moves in between landing and flying it's got two modes um but yeah it it definitely cut a silhouette it read a lot easier than because we had talked about 
Fennec Shan's ship. Yeah, from Marvel, from um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, right. Yeah, the Ravagers or whatever. Um, or no, mm-hmm. not the Ravagers, but yeah, the Necro. No, 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 you're, you're right, Ravagers. Um, but yeah, Cat Catherine's ship read, read a lot better. But it was also, you know, just shot clear. Like, I think you only get one shot at Fennec Shan's ship, and it's like below to the right or whatever. Yeah, no, it was, it was a cool ship. Because he's you never had mm-hmm. one so to speak like in clone wars he didn't have like a go-to ship he had a fan boat for a minute <laughs> uh, um, which is cool i guess <laughs> yeah I, I i'm struggling to think of i i kind of remember him being in a ship with like a a youngling but that ship uh, does not come to mind um oh, which one yeah. it is um but yeah, um, I would say he just had like a Magna Guard ship. The ship, the ship that he has, got me some vibes to the to the ghost too. Mm, like that that level of like, huh? The this interior is a ship. or the exterior? Exterior, and then a little bit of the interior. I mean, the only thing we see in the interior is that little hallway, mm-hmm. um, which is similar to um, that ship from the Mandalorian that yeah, they tried to make us care about. And yeah, then it's the, like, spoilers. yeah, the razor hmm. crest. I'm just, I'm just looking at it now and it, yeah, it seems similar. Like it's got two levels and cockpits up top. And yeah, yeah, definitely razor crest vibes. That's a good pull. So we, we haven't talked about it. Um, but this episode is basically a kind of who gets the kid, who doesn't get the kid, fight between Cad Bane and Fennec Shand. So, and going into, well, because I guess obviously we know Fennec Shand doesn't die. Um, I thought they did a very, very good job of balancing these two bounty hunters against each other in a, in a believable way within the universe. Because it's based on stuff Cad Bane says and just based on the timeline of it, it seems like Fennec Shand is like kind of new to the game or is like a, a younger bounty hunter than Cad Bane for sure. And Cad Bane is definitely like a more experienced, but he's also like, you know, he's been around the block. He's kind of old, you know, maybe he's a has-been at this point. Mm-hmm. So for me, there really was an element of like, is one of these people going to die? And to be fair, and again, like I know Fennec Shand's not going to die because I've seen her years and years and years in the future. But I think that's a mark of a good story and, and well shot action and stuff is that I'm not thinking that as I'm watching this. And there were moments where I was like, are they going to have Fennec Shan kill Cad Bane? And I think they did such a good job of, of balancing these two characters in such a way you hear these very disappointing things, unfortunately. And look fast fans. I'm sorry if you don't know this already. But there's apparently Vin Diesel, The Rock, and purportedly several other people in the Fast and Furious cast. They have it written into their contracts that they can't lose a fight. No. Yeah. Really? And when you watch the most recent few Fast and Furious movies, you can kind of Mm -hmm. feel it. Like contrived things happen so that characters who both can't lose a fight fight each other and they still mm-hmm. are both able to kind of save face and it it did it you know but watching this it it felt like they balanced that really well like fennec shan survived but it it and it it didn't feel like she survived by the skin of their teeth but it didn't feel like she was helpless but it didn't feel like she lucked into it and you know cad bane is like 
we've seen him be deadly. We know how dangerous Cad Bane is, but it never felt like he got nerfed. You know, both of them, I thought, felt extremely competent and kind of relied on their own strengths. And they both they both walked away. But it it still it felt I don't know. It, they, they did a really good job. I feel like they really put time and effort into maintaining the kind of perceived lethality of both of those characters without, I mean, it was like, it was like they had it written into their contract that neither of them could lose a fight. Um, but it never felt, it never felt contrived or whatever. I don't know. I was, I was really impressed with it. I was really impressed with it. Also the animation of that whole fight sequence was fantastic. Really good. And really I think good. we've probably touched on in the past. I mean, I remember the days of like running sometimes looked weird in clone wars like characters would run and i was like that looks awkward or yeah, like, Anakin I don't know, something, something about it doesn't add up like and it was just early days of the show and them figuring that kind of stuff out but in this episode you have cad bang being being kicked off of a balcony while his arms are tied to his side and then using rocket boots to get himself back up while he's still constricted which is probably i have to imagine the most awkward type of movement to try to to animate that you can imagine but it looked good and it felt organic and that was the only time we saw the the boots i mean yeah clone wars fans uh, he like that is one of the trademarks other than the hat of 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 cad bane but mm-hmm. I came from it from a different perspective. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit when we first saw Fennec Shan in episode like three of this of this show mm-hmm. of, you know, she mowing down the Bad Batch and me being kind of a little upset at how quickly she like disregarded Wrecker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for me, you know, I'm 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 looking at this. and I'm like, we've seen Cad Bane take on Jedi multiple times. It seems like it's, you know, a heavyweight versus a, a lightweight. Um, but they do a really good job of writing stuff in. Like, we know at the end of the episode, based on her talking to, um, wow, I can't even, for, I can't believe Lama I already. Lama Sue, yeah. Um, from Fennec talking to Lama Sue at the end, we know that she, that she has a different mission than Cad Bane. Right. And she had the jump. She had the jump um, because she took out the Kaminoan that was supposed to do the, the, the switch. She took out Cad Bane's ship when she first got there. Mm-hmm. And she had well, all these hungry. plans. She's young and hungry. Is that Bull Durham, baby? Is Bull Dur- Anybody ever seen Bull Durham? Look, I'm on Letterboxd. Jay Dickens. My review of Bull Durham on Letterboxd is probably the best thing that's ever been written. Um, but it's that whole, I mean, how many stories have we seen where it's, you know, the veteran of whatever trade who's been at it forever and is world weary and is, you know, at the top of his game, but they've been at the top of their game for who knows how long. And then you get the young upstart with the knack, which just has it. And, you know, it's, it even goes back to American graffiti, George Lucas movie where it's, and there's, there's the, the old roadster who's been, who's been doing drag races forever, but he knows eventually some young upstart's going to take him down. And then the young Harrison Ford rolls into town and he's got the knack, you know? So, it, Le- yeah. LeBron James and Devin Booker. Yeah. And I know about that. Yeah. Um, Connor wore the shirt. No big deal. I actually did wear the shirt. Um, wow. <laughs> I, I did wear the shirt, but I had From my ALS Stage shirt on. Yeah, from states away. Well, I I had my ALS shirt on. Oh, okay. And Connor was like, 
sh show me pics of 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 the of the shirt and i'm like i'm not gonna do that <laughs> oh right because we were all texting you yep i remember that now yep mm -hmm. yep yep um yeah so i that whole fight scene i thought was very thoughtful or like i don't know they 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 definitely paid my dear i mean i was i was ready to watch her kill cad bane i really thought like oh they brought him back to kill him because they showed his little head plate so it was like no 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 the the stuff with boba fett already happened um so i'm I really, so bummed we didn't get to see that because that and i that hesitate to even say though but maybe we i mean it could still fold into it yeah no i yeah I feel, well maybe that also here's, here's yeah go ahead though. Are they saving Cad Bane for some sort of live action debut in the book of Boba Fett or something? Freddie Prince Jr., who voiced um, Kanan, uh, Caleb Dune in the pilot of Bad Batch, has gone on record several times. At the time, he had retired from acting. I think he's since come back to live action acting for like some sort of television show revival or whatever, but he's on a sitcom. Yeah. But he had gone on record as saying, I'll come back from acting to play Cat Bane in live action. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Freddie Prince jr. Sounds nothing like Cad Bane, but I mean, you paint that guy blue. He'd look enough like Cad Bane. They got similar body types. The guy that plays, um, um, the, the dad pirate from gardens of the galaxy. I would like him to be Cad Bane. Oh, Michael up. Rooker. Yeah, I think he would be. He um, would be really good. Yeah, he would be really good. Um, wow. The voice would be a lot different because it's yeah. such an iconic That's Cad Bane voice. Yeah, I mean, Corey Burton really, you know. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like Cad Bane has a has, he does have a great design, but. It would be the similar to Rosario Dawson. Really... It would be similar mm -hmm. to Rosario Dawson of that is not the Ashley Eckstein Ahsoka. No, but it is but, Ahsoka for sure. But it is Ahsoka. Yeah. yeah. It reads instantly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's a great actor. Yeah, I love Michael Rooker. I love Michael Rooker. Um, that would be cool. Uh, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else we haven't touched on um with this episode. That the the little dead alien clone body flopping around on the ground was a lot. I was surprised they did that. <laughs> I was actually the funny thing is there's multiple times this in this series. I'm like, I'm so glad this is animated. Mm -hmm. Like when we see the rancor and yeah. it's like a little baby one. Like I do not watch that up that part of episodes of episode six. It is disgusting to me. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't I don't watch Jabba. Just like bleh. um, so that's also would have been just revolting Oof. to me to see um, Fennec get drenched in all of that and mm -hmm. then continue to fight Cad Bane. Although they probably would have done some takes on it of like Fennec being like, seriously, this is happening to me and then would have gone on. Yeah, looks at camera. Sorry, you're going to have to bear with me. I'm watching the part where Omega is crying and saying, why is this happening? So it's fine. I'm not... It's that fun. was it was emotional it was it, it was, was definitely emotional um i i mean omega is a character i mean i am a big fan i had not seen any oh, of michelle Yang's work before yeah and we go back i mean you go back and listen to that that trailer episode we did before the show happened and you go me shooting off of the hip oh why is always gotta be some special little kid blah 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 i mean omega has i said, been, I said jedi incredible 
incredible. I mean, such a great character. I will say, and I'm watching, I'm watching the episode wrap up now. Um, I think it it's it is telling, and I'm really nitpicking here, right? This shows is 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 fantastic, but I think we've talked in the past about how like Wrecker and Hunter obviously is kind of the lead, and then Wrecker they are like co-star. It it, it it does not even occur. It didn't occur to me until watching it right now. Like oh yeah, Tech and Echo are just kind of there, right? Like nobody nobody is watching that reunion when the Bad Batch gets to omega no one is watching that being like oh i'm so happy to see tech and omega reunited <laughs> like who cares mm-hmm. like i'm watching and i see like omega call down or, or hunters or no the wrecker. wrecker 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 calls down for omega and i'm already like getting choked up like oh god they're getting back. oh thank god oh oh hunter and omega are together again but I'm like oh yeah and then tech and omega or tech and tech god these names tech and echo are there too great it's fine yeah, they're going to have their uh, Mondo munchies. Oh, yep, yep. Remember when we named this podcast after Echo and we just never talk about him <laughs> at all? Well, Batch Boys is just... Bad Boys is just too on the nose for our other podcasts. Bad and Batch Boys, Batch Boys yeah. just doesn't sound that great. Look, listeners, I'm serious. Just wait until Kenobi comes out. We, ha- I have... We're going to... Look, we're gonna knock it out of the park. We're gonna knock it out of the park. The Ahsoka show. I mean, obviously, we talked about you know we could just Tano Boys was Clone Wars, so you know we maybe won't reuse Tano Boys. I we've joked in the past. I've joked in the past. I've in fact insisted and continue to insist that when we cover the Ahsoka show, we should be Ahsoka Boys with an O. But now I'm like, oh, we could also be Rosario boys. Now, obviously, there's a lot of stuff with her, you know, potentially problematic things going on there. But yeah, I don't know. Well, let's let's end on this because we we haven't talked about it. And I feel like it's a big thing other people have been talking about is we get the reveal about um Omega and what the Kaminoans want with her, and she finds out what they want with her. Mm-hmm. And it's because she is a Force-sensitive clone. What are you and talking she, about? <laughs> one that has all of the Jedi holocrons, and she can about? find all. Well, it's shut she's, up. <laughs> <laughs> she's Gen One. She's Gen One. She's Gen One. And... She's straight up. She's like Boba Fett. She is like Boba Fett. She is yeah. original Jango Fett blood, and she hasn't been altered to age quickly or anything like that, mm-hmm. or be more and, compliant or whatever. And she doesn't know that if she goes to Kaminoa proper, she's getting basically like devoured for her DNA and then killed. Yeah, the she, she just, treatment. Yeah, she doesn't know that Limasu is trying to save her. And yeah. has her own agenda. All she knows is that the Kaminoans want her mm-hmm. and are sending bounty hunters. So there's a group of bounty hunters after Omega specifically. And then there is the Empire that wants to wipe out the Bad Batch. Yeah, which is, you know, I hadn't thought about it, but that is a kind of an important element to fold into it. Because, it, you know, at a certain point, it seemed like they'd already kind of brushed aside the fact that, like, Oh, hey, Bad Batch, it's insane for you to take a child in with you when you're wanted by the Empire, right? But now it's it's 
more believable than ever that Hunter and the gang would be thinking like, no, if we we can't just leave Omega anywhere because she is also wanted. You know, it, it flips from being irresponsible that they are they are taking her with them everywhere to being responsible. Like they are they are taking responsibility for her, which was which was a good um, a good flip there. Yeah, I don't know. That was that was intense. That was intense. Her finding out and, and just being like, "Why is this happening?" And I mean, I don't. That's I don't know. It's a scary thing to think about. A child asking you, a child coming up to you and be like, "Why is this happening?" That's that's a big one. It almost feels like you see those like terrifying videos of. I, mean, I saw I saw one. You know, sometime this really year. Really afraid of what you're going to tell me. Of like a girl from Palestine that was like why is this happening to me mm-hmm. and just kind of that level of like horror to it and granted you know Mega that act that actress doesn't put it on the same level but you definitely feel the like angst that goes into it and just like the she can't comprehend just all these terrible terrible things that are happening to her that right. are not she never did anything right she, did, she didn't do anything you're young, and, and when you're young, there's a there's a cause and effect to stuff that helps you understand. But there is no, you know, she never did anything that would warrant this, right? It's just inherent to who she was that you know it, nothing she ever had any control over that has put her in this spot. You know, I really I liked a lot that Hunter said you're never we're, you're never going to go back to Camino again. You're never going back to Camino again. I really appreciated. Um, that he told her that because I was worried that they'd never go back to Camino again. But after he said that, <laughs> I knew that they would. So that's cool. I'm glad that they're going to go back to Camino at some point. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna be forced to. I mean, it'll be it'll be fun when they infiltrate Camino for some oh, for, for some sure. weird reason. Do we know if the Bad Batch's little spiky ship is at the Enterprise of Skywalker like every other ship that's ever been made in the whole it, world? If it if it if it has. Sure it'll be announced there. at some point because they, they announced that? they announced the fireball was in rise of skywalker right, right and i've seen that movie you know maybe 11 13 times you famously saw it every week like, for what? six weeks before i gave up uh, can you imagine if i'd kept up with that look if you're a new listener who's only been listening since echo voice i don't like rise of skywalker i'm sorry uh when it came out on blu-ray i decided Maybe if I watch it enough, I'll get Stockholm syndrome and I'll like it. And so I made a point of like, while we're in lockdown, I'm going to watch this every week. I'm going to watch it once a week and see if I eventually learn to love it. Spoiler alert, I didn't. I only lasted for six weeks. It was miserable. By the end, I was watching it with English descriptive audio just to change things up. Um, Can you imagine if I were a man of my word? I mean, I think I guess by now I probably I'm I think probably by the time I had gotten vaccinated, I probably would have stopped. But I mean, there's a world where. I mean, that movie came out on Blu-ray in April, I think. I mean, there's a world where I and I didn't get vaccinated until May. There's a world where I maybe watched that movie 52 times. I mean, not any real world because I'm, you know, a sniveling worm, but. If I were a man of my word, if I were Steve Rogers, God, who knows the fate I'd have been into? 
Oh, gosh. It's scary to even think about, which is why you should always go back on what you say. And email us at poboyspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at poboyspodcast. And stick to your word. You should do that. Hit subscribe. Hit subscribe. Like.